I'm Denzel Mohammed, and this is Jobmakers. Malden, Massachusetts, the second most diverse city in the Commonwealth after Chelsea, with almost 43% of its residents born outside of the United States. It's also home to the Immigrant Learning Center, the co-producer of this podcast, so a good location for a free English language program. Malden's always been a gateway city for immigrants and refugees, from Jews fleeing for safety after World War II, to Eastern Europeans and Vietnamese seeking democracy and freedom, to immigrants from China, Morocco, Brazil, and Haiti seeking the American dream today. For Mayor Gary Christensen, it is this diversity that gives Malden its strength and assures him of a strong, proud future. He looks to the revitalization of downtown with its disproportionate number of immigrant-owned businesses, the dizzying array of cuisines on offer, and the very entrepreneurial spirit that suffuses its immigrant populations. He talks with us about managing the relationships between long-term residents and new immigrants, the reaction of the city to hate crimes after the Boston Marathon bombing, how much immigrants have given back to their new home, and his stance on sanctuary cities in this week's Jobmakers. Mayor Gary Christensen, welcome to the Jobmakers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Always an honor. So what is it like running the second most diverse city in the Commonwealth? It probably is the greatest aspect of serving as mayor because I have learned things that I know that I never otherwise would if not for living in one of the most diverse cities in the state of Massachusetts. For example, I met with a community group a couple of years ago, and when they told me the name of the country, I didn't even know it existed. I actually had to go to a map to look it up. It was uh, Eritrea. And um, again, if not for them being here and being part of this diverse city that we live in, I might have never known that. And so to me, that's one of the greatest benefits of, of living here in Malden. And you're a lifelong Malden resident. How have you seen immigration shape this city and in what ways? I mean, as far as I can tell, Malden has always been a gateway city for different refugee and immigrant groups, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess how hasn't it shaped our city? Uh, From religion to culture to my favorite, which is uh, food, it's had a profound impact on uh, who we are and uh, where we are going. And I can't tell you the number of people who end up coming here now mention the diversity as one of the attractions on why they come to our city. So you think that this diversity is a a strength of of, of ours? We tout it every chance we get. And, uh, you know, we just don't, we try not to just talk the talk. Uh, We're now trying to take what, has been happening to our city and have it permeate throughout everything we do in Malden. So for example, uh, we now have our first diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, just a couple of offices down from me. Her name is Bibios Larachelle, and she now is working very hard to have the government 
reflect what Malden has become, which is again, one of the most diverse cities in our state. So she sits on every hiring committee. Uh, she's involved with helping to promote the vaccine to underserved populations in our city. And um, yeah, so, you know, we wanna make sure that Malden is not just known as the most diverse, but actually practices and preaches on making sure that our community is is welcoming and safe for us all. So we know from our own research, and you would know as the person who runs this city, that immigrants are inherently entrepreneurial. Um, just the idea of packing a suitcase and leaving their family and friends and their culture and their food behind is itself an entrepreneurial act. How has that entrepreneurial spirit of immigrants in Malden shaped the local economy? Just the other day, we cut the ribbon to the new Maplewood Meat Market over on um, in Maplewood Square. And uh, the owners, they one was from Peru and the other one was from uh, Mexico, I believe. And they are not only the owners, but they're serving um, the goods that are native to their original countries. And again, that would not be the case if not for them wanting to set up their business here in our city. So we went down there to not only congratulate them on this risk, because that's what it is when you're opening a new business, but thank them as well for sharing what they have experienced and learned growing up with our, our community. So that's just but one example of many that we you know, work with on a daily basis here in Malden. I remember talking to Shane Smith on this podcast who runs um, Hugh O'Neill's Irish Pub. And yep. you know, he mentioned when he, when he first opened that downtown Malden wasn't the vibrant hub that it is now with pubs and restaurants and cafes and stores. Um, particularly looking at the downtown area, how have immigrants played a role in revitalizing downtown Malden over the years? Well, I would encourage your listeners to, to come see it, to experience it firsthand, but they have single-handedly brought our city back. And there were times when people weren't sure about whether that would ever be possible again, but they have done it. Um, just go up one side and down the other. And you'll see uh, just this afternoon, I'm going to go over to the gallery at 57 Pleasant Street, which consists of a number of immigrant artists who are going to be um, celebrating the second anniversary of, of that store opening. And um, again, that would not have happened without their willingness to get involved and help us bring back uh, Malden Square from where it once was. And I just can't help but think of the shared diversity. You talk about someone from Peru and Mexico, um, Eritrea, I mean, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Vietnam, uh, Haiti, uh, just so, many, so much rich diversity here. And we take it for granted that just in America that we have all this great diversity of food, for instance. You know, America's favorite fast food chain is Taco Bell. Uh, we have 
immigrants to thank for the fact that we could have, we can choose on a Friday night, Thai food or Scottish food or Irish food or Chinese food. Right. Well, I can tell you the difference here. Uh, a number of our students who graduate Malden High School and go up into the big world always come back and, and tell us that one of the advantages of attending school in our city is that when they get out, they've experienced it all. Whereas students that they're meeting for the first time, it takes them several years to adjust and adapt to experiencing uh, new cultures, new religions, new foods, but not students that come from our city. So, you know, to me, that's one of the, you know, great thing about our, uh, about Malden. You mentioned students, and I want to get back to that in a second, but what has Malden done over the years? How have how has your relationship with immigrant business owners in particular evolved? Like, what have you what have you done right that other cities have not done right when it comes to really fostering that entrepreneurial spirit? Yes. You know, again, as I mentioned, our diversity, equity, and inclusion officer now, Vivios Larishel, has been working with the different community groups throughout Malden um, to take us to that next level. Because we've known now for some time that we are diverse and we appreciate it and enjoy it, but now it's time to, to take it to where it should go, which is to, again, be in a place that everybody can participate in. So I would say that is where, you know, we're going next, which is, you know, having people working in the government that reflect our community, um, having documents translated, meetings translated, so people could participate and eventually run for political office. So you mentioned students a little bit, a little while ago. Part of your progress in Malden has been um, the creation of 1,500 jobs for Malden's teens, exposing them to the job interview process, giving them work experience, uh, experience arming them with career readiness. Given that 50, 57% of Malden high school students don't count English as their first language, uh, how do you see reaching such a diverse group of students? Uh, how have they been able to engage with these opportunities? We go to them. We reach out to them. We roll out the red carpet for them. Uh, we make it a point to find those students who otherwise would not get involved and take that step. We try to find people that we've never met and we have no connection with because, again, it's opportunities like the summer youth employment program that could help determine who that next teacher is, who that next police officer is, who that next entrepreneur is. One of the most beautiful things to see in Malden is when you know the bell rings and the high school students come streaming out, all the elementary school students, and they're from every different color, every different stripe, every different background, but they're all friends, they all get along. They may wear a hijab, or you know something else, but they all get along, and it's almost like this lesson in immigrant integration and inclusion and belonging. Um, has it been challenging over the years? Just you talk about all this community outreach and meeting people where they're at, and has it been like a learning experience for you? It certainly hasn't been a challenge. Uh, it's been something that I have been proud and honored to be a part of. Because again, I, you know, listen, my family said growing up, the whole point of why we're here is to learn, share, and grow. That's the whole point of it, to make it better for the next group of 
residents behind us for them then to be living in a place that's greater than we found it. And so I've been able to do that by, you know, living here in uh, Malden. Again, I've seen, I've heard, I've learned things. It actually has helped me to really need a vacation because I feel like here in Malden, I'm on vacation all the time. I'm not sure you want to say that before your next campaign. Um, <laughs> What 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 do you think? It's 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 almost ironic and 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 tragic that you say the lesson was to make it easier for the people who come after you, because so often the groups that are that are, have settled here dislike the, the groups that come after them. We've seen that it's a cycle in U.S. history. Um, you know who and who who does America belong to? And I think it belongs. I would venture to suggest it belongs to anyone who believes in the American dream, you know, who has that freedom and opportunity. What do you think sets Malden apart when it comes to embracing its newest foreign-born residents and ensuring that they thrive? I would say it's just a willingness to work with everyone to make our community the best it can be. I mean, we try here to take every call, every email, no matter what your stature is in life, you know, so in, you know, there was a time when it was who you knew, you know, what they knew, but we've tried hard over the years to let that not be the case here. So we, I believe we truly have a, an open door policy. I'll give you an example. We had someone reach out to us from Morocco the other day. I don't even know how she got my text number, but she got my cell number. She texted me. I couldn't remember who she was or where I met her. But we had her in within 24 hours sitting in the mayor's office trying to help address, you know, her issue, which is serious. But we think we might have some solutions for her. But the point I'm trying to make is that, again, that was something we could have said, you know, schedule it a month out. You know, find out who she is, all that stuff. But we try not to do that. here. We had her here in 24 hours. So it hasn't been. A entirely rosy experience here in Malden. Uh, I think there have been some tensions with longtime residents and newer residents. Um, and things can get very heated when it comes to, you know, national or local tragedies. We did have an incident soon after the Boston Marathon bombing where a Syrian woman was, was punched by a, a resident of Malden um, in front of her, her toddler you know, taking her child to daycare. Um, but the city's response was 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 pretty remarkable, right? Yes, we, well, that's in the eye of the beholder, but our instant reaction was to swarm her, you know, to be with her, to let her know that that is not something we're known for or tolerate. And um, the thing I remember most about that is the, number of people who came to her defense and to reassure her that that was, that was an anomaly. And I think as a result, we were able to survive that together. You know, we are a community for all. I mean, just look at the latest census track that just came out. When you look at the map of Malden, it's pretty evenly distributed across the five square miles. So as opposed to another city who might have a 
you know, a, a segment or a population in this corner, and then the rest of the city is is uh, another um, population. Here in Malden, you wouldn't know where you are at any given time in any part of the city. Over the years, how has Malden sort of managed these tensions or this relationship of the longer-term residents versus the newer ones? I would say it's creating an atmosphere, again, where people are welcomed and respected no matter what generation they're from. So we observe, we celebrate different holidays. We observe and celebrate different religious traditions. We eat different foods. And I think that's how we've tried to do it here in the government. So uh, I guess in other words, lead by example. So if you notice on our social media, my social media channels, always trying to promote, you know, a different culture, a different religion, a different food. And I think when people see the leaders of the city doing that, I think over time people tend to accept it. You know, when they see their elected officials and managers, department heads, police chiefs, fire chiefs, I think that's how we've been able to do it. Because again, we want to demonstrate that, you know, no matter where you are or where you're from, you're just as part of Malden as, as anybody else. One thing that you did over the last um, federal administration, you know, there were a lot of movements across the country to, where cities were insisting that they be more welcoming and that they take a sort of stand when it came to um, protecting their immigrant populations. And as we know, about 20% of the immigrant population in Massachusetts has no legal status. They're undocumented. Malden was one of the cities that did not um, proclaim that it was a sanctuary city. And the reason was that coming from you and your administration was that it's already a welcoming and, and protective place. Um, can you expand on that a little bit as why you took that decision not to make Malden a sanctuary city? You know, I, I mean, that was the flavor of the day to become a sanctuary city. But in actuality, what did it really mean? Besides the potential for pr protracted legal battles and the potential loss of aid. You know, at that time, we didn't know whether that mean, would mean that some of the grants that we were relying on to help people who were in need of it the most would be at risk. So that was why at the time uh, we didn't feel the need to sign on to becoming a sanctuary city, which I think over time then changed to something else, et cetera. I just, you know, I think for us, and I think I believe for the other branches of government, they felt the same way that, you know, we were long past having to label ourselves as something other than what we have always been, which is a place, you know, that everybody can live, work, worship. We've, you and I have seen immigrants contribute to this city as business owners, as workers, um, through cultural events, building it up and, and enriching it every day. There is a huge narrative out there about immigrants as takers, refugees as takers. 
what is your view on that? How have you seen immigrants give back and have they given back over time more than, than, than you've given them or the government has given them? I haven't seen takers. Uh, I've seen people, my experience here, that like you outlined, Denzel, at the beginning, that just want a chance, an opportunity to live out their dreams. Um, and so I've seen that as we've gone around to the different businesses, of, as I've talked with uh, students in, in the different schools that we have here. And um, even in the houses of worship, when I go through there, that you know, people are just looking for an opportunity to achieve their lifelong dream. That's a very powerful way to end this. Mayor Christensen, thank you so much for joining us in JobMakers. This was really a fascinating discussion. And I hope other municipalities listen to this and, and be guided accordingly as to how, as you say, you can help people fulfill their dreams and you can see how much they can give back. That's it. That's what it's all about. Hey, and thank you, Denzel, to the Immigrant Learning Center. I am certain we would not be having this conversation if not for all the work that you have done over the years. So thank you. Jobmakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship and contribution produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thank you for joining us for today's fascinating story on the benefits of welcoming immigrants and refugees to the U.S. If you have feedback or know someone we should talk to, email Denzil, that's D-E-N-Z-I-L, at jobmakerspodcast.org. I'm Denzel Mohammed. Join us next Thursday at noon for another episode of Jobmakers.